Hey, podcast listener. Are you working so hard you wonder if the money is even worth it? If you're like most CPAs I work with, you have way too much to do, you feel relentless deadline pressure, and worst of all, you feel torn between serving clients and being with family. What if I told you you could work a 40-hour week without losing a dime? I know it sounds impossible, but my Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind is designed for CPAs just like you who want to get their lives back. Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind is launching soon. In it, you'll learn how to start getting your time back week by week, make your workload manageable while still bringing in plenty of revenue, what to put in your packages and how to price them, and so much more. Don't leave your future to chance. CPA Mastermind will get you on the same profitable path you've been searching for. With unlimited coaching, your success is guaranteed. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there. I feel that boundaries are created in order to keep us in relationship with something. So if I set a boundary with a person, it's because I want to be in relationship with that person. If I set a boundary around work, I want to be in relationship with my experience with work. And it's important because a lot of times people think boundaries are about separation. And I actually view it as the opposite. Welcome to Epic Business Growth for CPAs. My name is Geraldine Carter, founder of She Thinks Big Coaching. This is the place to be if you're a CPA who wants to grow your accounting practice. Weekly episodes are full of strategies and action steps that create a clear path for growth without working harder. Time to get inspired and grow your business. Hey everyone, I hope you're having a great week. Before we jump into this fabulous conversation with Jen Barley, I have just two things for you. One of them is that, guess who's on Amazon Alexa? You can just say, Alexa, play the Epic Business Growth for CPAs podcast and she will pull it up for you, and now you can listen without having to put your protractor down. The second one is that if you have recently subscribed to my list via my website, about as far back as December, you might have a personal video from me with a special invitation in it. So go search your email for an email from me because there's something in that video that you might just be excited to take advantage of. And now I want to introduce you to today's guest. Jen Barley is a professional certified coach and the co-founder of Kickstart Your Edge, a coaching company dedicated to inspiring innovative business thinking. Jen has also been my coach, and I have been learning from her in courses, working with her one-on-one, and now via her recently launched podcast, Kickstart Your Coaching Edge. I wanted to talk with Jen to tap her expertise about boundaries. So many of the challenges business owners face come back to clear and strong boundaries. Things like scope creep, meetings going long, staying late at the office, giving away your workout, that one hurts, (laughs) choosing not to sleep as much as your body needs, and reluctantly giving away services at a discount or even free. It all comes back to clear and strong boundaries. This episode is full of gems that I think you will find great benefit in. Please welcome Jen Barley. Hi, Jen. Welcome to the Epic Business Growth for CPAs podcast. Thank you. I am super excited to be here. I know. Me too. And for our listeners, Jen is a coach who I've been working with and following for, my gosh, four and a half years because right before Hazel was born... (laughs) 
is how I measure. (laughs) I called Jen out of the blue and I was like, hey, Jen, we've never met before, but I need to get certified (laughs) for my coaching credential. Can you help me with your courses? The only rub is that I'm going to have a baby in six weeks. (laughs) That's right. And I'm like, you are very, very ambitious. Let's do it. (laughs) So here we are four and a half years later, and I'm so excited to have this conversation with you around boundaries. Because what I find in my own clients' lives and businesses is that one of the things that repeatedly crops up is a lack of clear and or strong boundaries. And it manifests in many different ways across their business and across their personal life. Mm -hmm. One of the things that CPAs complain about quite often is this thing called scope creep, right? Where they start out with a project. They're going to do X, Y, and Z for a client. They do X, Y, Z for a client. And then the client calls back a couple of weeks later and they're like, oh, and can you also do A, B, and C? And you're like, okay. They do A, B, and C. And the client's like, sweet, can you do E, E, and F? Right? And online like that it goes. And sometimes these boundaries are vague, right? Like, does this actually fit into the scope of the project or not? And sometimes it's clear it does not fit into the scope of the project. Another one is around times and time meetings, like clients showing up late for meetings, clients, you know, not minding their own time and talking at length and maybe making the meeting go well longer than it's scheduled to, um, or clients even canceling last minute ghosting no shown. And another way that I think it shows up for my own clients is allowing themselves to be underpaid, undervalued, even though nobody asked them to, and on and on like that. So what do you think is going on here? <laughs> well, I think it's a fair question and and I just want to take a step back. So what you're talking about is really about boundaries around certain types of things. And one is the boundaries around who am I as a business owner, right? So uh, that would be the scope creep, that would be getting underpaid, etc. There's also boundaries around expectations. Right. So where we have time and where we have cancellation policies and things like that. And then we also where I think boundaries will also come up is in relationships with people and how people treat us and also how we treat ourselves. I think in general that boundaries aren't set because we usually don't know what it is that we want. We only know what we don't want. Mm hmm. Right. So we sit there and we say, oh, I don't want to be, I don't want them to be late for that meeting again, or I don't want them to do this. But we don't really sit down and say, okay, so as a business owner, what are the boundaries that I need in my business in order to be engaged in my business, to make money in my business, and to feel really clear as a business owner? And I think it's interesting because usually boundaries are very reactive to things that have gone wrong. Meaning like you establish them once they've gone wrong, like you don't establish them until something's gone wrong, until you learn the lesson of getting pinched and being like, oh, ow, yes. let me not do that again. And then you learn the lesson. So it's like you don't proactively think about learning the lesson. Exactly. We proactively will set some rules and some regulations and how we do business, but the boundaries are going to come when we feel they've been violated. So there's sort of some ways to notice, like if you sit there and go, am I having boundary issues, <laughs> right? That's a great question, right? So where in my business am I having boundary issues? And it's where that you are going to have certain 
types of feelings at your business that will be showing up. If you are exhausted constantly, there's probably a boundary issue. If you are avoiding something, there's probably a boundary issue. If you feel resentful towards somebody else or towards yourself, there's a boundary issue. And a lot of times frustrations can also indicate that there might be a boundary issue. So it's when we notice those things, you can even ask yourself right now, as you're listening to this podcast, like where in my business do I feel exhausted? Where, what in my business am I avoiding? When you start to list those things out, you will start to say, okay, so what boundaries do I need to set around these topics? Hmm. Talk to me about the avoiding one, because sometimes avoiding, I mean, that one seems like such a magnet for being a blind spot because mm-hmm. you can't really tell. It's like the absence of nothing. You can't tell that it's not there. Yeah. The avoidance is going to come into uh, a few different things, right? So we think it's easier to keep the status quo than to actually change something. <laughs> So <laughs> that's also avoidance. We could be in denial. We could be, maybe we have somebody that works for us that has been underperforming and we've been avoiding talking to them about it. Those types of things. So we just, well, what happens is we'll say, oh man, this is really bothering me. And then we're like, ah, it's not that big of a deal. We'll minimize it. We'll rationalize it. We'll give excuses for it. And that's just to allow us to avoid actually dealing with it. Why would we avoid dealing with it if we know it's a problem? Because <laughs> we don't want to hurt people's feelings because we're not sure we're going to be able to stick to our own uh, rules and regulations around it because we maybe don't trust ourselves to be able to handle a new boundary. Those types of things. It's really the uncomfortableness of the unknown. Sometimes when things aren't going well in our business or we let things slide, at least it's familiar so it feels comfortable. When we set a boundary or say, I'm no longer going to tolerate this, or I'm going to actually take care of, of X, Y, and Z, there's a little bit of the unknown that we're like, hmm, but what if they quit? Hmm, but what if they fire me? What if I lose my clients? Like we start playing that what if game. And it's almost like we'd rather stay with the devil we know than the devil we don't. Yeah. Talk to me about not trusting ourselves to actually be able to hold the boundary. So it's interesting because I'm going to give an example of one where people want to set boundaries for themselves about how much they're going to work, right? So maybe they've been overworking, they've been putting too many hours in, they're working morning until night and they have no downtime. Their family's upset with them, right? So if we all of a sudden put a boundary in place, I'm going to leave the office every day at 630, then all of a sudden, what if we don't? Or what if we make another broken promise to somebody that we're going to change our own behaviors when it comes to how much we work? What if I actually can't change? What if this is who I am? So it's a part of it is do we trust ourselves to have enough buy-in to the boundary, because that's really important is to have a buy-in to the boundary. Do we trust ourselves to be able to carry through on it so that we can be in integrity with ourselves? <laughs> I'm just sitting over here having my mind blown, like every sentence you put out there. It's like, wow, I have some work to do, don't I? <laughs> so the story that we make it up to mean if we break our commitment to ourselves. Like maybe I really am a horrible person. Maybe I really am not trustworthy. Maybe I really have no spine. 
Is it like that? Is that where like we're projecting out into the future of what it will mean if we can't hold the boundary? Yep. That's it, right? So we've already, in a way, we are worried about how we're going to show up to ourselves. Because usually a lot of times the things we need to put boundaries around are things we've struggled with. And how you do anything is how you do everything. When we set a clear and strong boundary, it has to be thought through as opposed to I'm just going to change this. Because we have to have the buy-in to what it means, why we're doing it, what's going to happen if a boundary has been crossed, and what does it mean in terms of our own integrity. So that that way we can break the cycle of not sticking with boundaries. That seems like a lot of steps. (laughs) Oh, it can be. (laughs) I feel that boundaries are created in order to keep us in relationship with something. So if I set a boundary with a person, it's because I want to be in relationship with that person. If I set a boundary around work, I want to be in relationship with my experience with work. And it's important because a lot of times people think boundaries are about separation. And I actually view it as the opposite. Boundaries are about, I care so much about whatever I'm putting the boundary around that I'm thinking through what's going to keep me engaged, what's going to keep me not feeling resentful, what is going to keep me in connection with whatever it is that we're setting the boundary around. Yeah, because when the boundary gets crossed or transgressed, then we disconnect from the situation, from ourselves, whatever. We become angry, resentful, what have you, and we're no longer connected to our whole self. Right. Uh, Let's go back to the part about identity and letting ourselves down. Okay. Because I think so many of us are used, are like, are so used to letting ourselves down that we almost set it up that way Mm -hmm. to sabotage it, to prove the case to be true. Well, if you even think about it this way, is that you will hear, I know your clients will say this to you, people I work with will say this to me, they will say, I will always keep my word to somebody else, but if it's just myself, then I let it go. Yes. And it's fascinating because what we'll do is we will be more committed to a promise we make to an external person than ourselves. And so that's where this comes down to is that sometimes we know we don't hold our word to be in high regard when it comes to ourselves. Other people, for sure, your clients, the people that you're working with come April, right? There is a commitment that is 24-7 because you promised it. But then when we look at the promises we make to ourselves, it's why can't we hold those in the same regard? Why can't we? Yeah. Well, it's for some reason, I, well, I, what I think it is, is I think it's because deep down we think that we're not as important or as deserving as other people. So how do we shift that? So part of this is about really knowing who you are as a person, what you stand for, and then making sure that your actions are in alignment with that. So what I mean by that is by knowing, knowing your values, knowing what's important to you, knowing that um, you're really your biggest fan. The end of the day, while other people will love and support you and do things for you, you really are solely responsible for your own experiences and your own happiness and your own um, connection with the world. 
And in order to do that, you have to walk your talk. So there is some deserving and some realization that we are responsible solely for our how we interact in the world. So once we realize that we're solely responsible, then all of a sudden we're like, uh-oh. <laughs> You could also be like, yeah, like now all of a sudden I have, if I'm responsible for my own life and what I create in my life, awesome. Like, oh my God, that's amazing. Right. It's all to me. Yeah. And you could also be like, oh crap. It's true. It's true. And I like the, oh my God, this is so amazing. But the, what it does is it calls us to be our best selves, right? Yes. It's about then you have to step up into integrity and really knowing what you stand for. And if I ask it of somebody else, I have to be able to ask it of myself. And if I do something for someone else, I have to be able to do it for myself. What is so scary about stepping up into being our full selves? Because I feel it even as we have this conversation, and I'm aware that I have my own challenges around boundaries. And I feel my own self as you're talking, being like, oh God, <laughs> right? Like if I really did this, I would step into this person that I'm terrified of being. So what is that about? So the question is, you have to ask yourself, what are you really terrified of? Being loved. All right. Right. Because, and what's terrifying about that? Uh, because if I've built my life on a structure of that not being true, then you're going to make me cry on my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and my work here is done. <laughs> well, no, I can't walk away like this. Right. <laughs> right. Then like, what does that mean for my whole life? Like my structure, my scaffolding is built on that right? Like all my sheetrock, my wallpaper, my picture frames all hang on this scaffolding that's like fundamentally flawed. Like I have suddenly I'm a totally unmoored if that is not, if it's no longer true. And so it's really then about identifying what we're most terrified of uh-huh. and realizing that we can handle whatever that is. Okay. Keep going. Okay. So what I mean is you say, so what's so terrifying about living into our best self? And what does that really mean? And what are we really terrified of? And a lot of it is that we can't do it. It's just that we don't have the belief in ourselves to be able to consistently walk our talk. And so we tell ourselves, I'm afraid of X or I'm afraid of Y or I'm afraid of not being loved or I'm afraid of failure or I'm afraid of success. And the truth is, is that we're not afraid of those things. We're afraid of how those are going to make us feel. And we want to avoid those. What I, they're not negative emotions because all emotions aren't positive or negative, but they're the less desirable emotions. Yeah. And as People who have, as a society, we really haven't done a lot of great work around understanding emotions and what we feel and what does it all mean. And so therefore, we think we can't handle being in the uncomfortable emotion. So it's a, I mean, we're getting really, really deep here as we talk about, about boundaries with not charging enough and scope creep. However, however, it is kind of an interesting thing because all that we believe in and all the things in life that we say we're afraid of is preventing us from having clear and strong boundaries and uh, stepping into our own integrity. 
if I set the standard that now suddenly I have to operate in integrity and be in alignment and do what I said I was going to do, then what if I miss? What if I miss the mark? And I think the fear, at least for me, as I like kind of try and grapple with it live here in this podcast episode is like, all of a sudden now I'm going to have this new thing that I'm trying to do. And because I mean, I'm amazing and awesome and perfect and amazing superwoman, I have to do it exactly right out of the gates. And there's no grace for like falling down, fumbling, landing flat on my face, skinning my knees, picking myself back up and being like, I tried and I missed and I'm sorry, I'm trying again, right? Like I think the setup in my own mind is, oh crap, like now if I have to hold my word to myself, I have to do it 100% of the time, all of the time and I have to get it right and be exactly perfect. Otherwise I'm a failure and now I'm onto a new spiral. <laughs> right, so that's when I say, then we need to check what definition of integrity means. Oh, okay. Because, right, so if my definition of integrity is that I am always my best self, which means I'm perfect and I'm a perfectionist and I'm going to hit the mark, then that's not. Integrity to me is when I give grace to somebody else for being flawed and imperfect, I give myself that same grace. When I set a goal it's about because it means something to me and I'm not just doing it for superficial reasons. So like there's so many different layers in this, but I believe that stepping into your best self is not about being the best or being perfect, but your best self is loving yourself flaws and all through every step of the process. Okay. That's super helpful. Because I like you picked up, I have integrity sort of tangled with getting it right. Correct. And really what it is, is getting my intention lined up with my values and what I say, while also giving myself grace to screw up and be flawed and be human. While also not letting myself off the hook for being sloppy. Exactly. So integrity is, especially for us, Geraldine, it's super easy because we're coaches, right? So we help people. We challenge people. So we hug, you know, we hug people when things aren't going well. We encourage them. We support them. We cheer them on. We believe in them more than they believe in themselves sometimes, right? So we have all of those characteristics. So integrity to me means that we take those same messages to ourselves, that then anything I would say to you, I have to say to me to be able to be in integrity. Anything I would challenge you about, I have to challenge myself about. Otherwise, I'm not in integrity. And so where we have grace and compassion for other people, then we have it for ourselves. So it's an interesting way to look at it, but it's about what's my definition of integrity and how does that support me and my, to me, when I say I'm going to be my best self, it's about how am I learning? How am I growing? How am I becoming the next best version of who I am? Because I'm not going to get it right, right out of the gate. So how does this hook up with self-esteem? Because I think that one of the places that my clients really get challenged is they have trouble really deeply acknowledging the value that they bring to their own clients. And it's sort of coupled with self-esteem and integrity also hits self-esteem, right? If you constantly drop out on yourself, it's difficult to esteem yourself because you've just proven to yourself once again that you can't be trusted and you, you know, da, 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 da. So can you help 
untangle that knot that I've just created? I can. So the first thing that popped out to me when you were talking, as you said, how can they really own the value of what they bring to the table, right? So for the people listening, it's if people could do it themselves, they would. (laughs) I'm just going to tell you that right now. They're hiring you because they can't. Yeah. So you have a skill set, a knowledge, and a deep level of understanding of the work that you do that um, the average person cannot do it. So the value alone is in the fact of the time, the energy, the effort that you have dedicated to being a professional in your field. The value is there because people need it. They can't do it themselves and they're coming to you as the expert. So not losing a sense of that dynamic of the relationship of how people hire you and how you work with them and how you move forward with them. So there is something there about really just, I'm going to just say owning your shit, right? Being able to just say, I'm good at what I do. I've studied it. I have put years and time and energy and effort into it. I'm a professional and I rock at what I do. Like that should be a no brainer. So how do they own that though? Because I think that's where they have trouble is like they get that intellectually, but they can't get it in the cells of their being. So how do you like push it down? Well, one is you have to connect emotionally to it, right? So logically we say, yep, okay, I get it. Yes, that makes sense, right? But then part of it is you have to reinforce it every time you can through collecting evidence, right? So, and it's not about getting cocky. Uh It's just about owning the truth. Right. So what I mean by that is that you do something and you solve you solve a problem that you couldn't figure out. And then it's just, yep, there I go again. And wow, that's you know, I I bring a lot to the table when your clients thank you and they tell you how much they appreciate you or you've been able to save them X amount of dollars. Like however it works, it's about continuing to collect the evidence of the value that you bring. And also the value just isn't in crunching numbers and knowing different laws. The value is also in your kindness, your goodness, your connection with people, your caring about them and their business and, and really partnering with your clients to really help them go to the next level. But you have to be able to own it by, you have to identify it and then you have to take it in and acknowledge it. Mm, And this, I think, is challenging in a field that is academic, cerebral, intellectual, right? Yeah. Remember to be human. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And some of our listeners are like, wait, what? You want me to do what now? (laughs) I just thought I could be here with my calculator and my pencil. And now you're telling me I need to adopt a new skill set. But it's true, right? And it is important because it is a left brain field and profession with the logic, which is fantastic. So part of that then is really connecting because when you can say, I am truly making a difference by the work that I do, not only in a final product that needs to be produced, but in people's lives. Uh, You know, I think about myself with my own CPA, the amount of relief I feel because he is on my team is crazy, right? He is professional. He uh, knows exactly what he is doing. And I couldn't value him any more than I already do. But it's because I view it as a partnership. So yes, it is kind of a strange thing to think about. Um, especially in such a numbers-based field. 
But by whenever we can connect to the emotion of something, we will have more fulfillment and engagement. So if this work is kind of new to us, even if we know that we have some of these challenges like scope creep or letting sessions go on or whatever, what are some of the things that we need to consider? So I like to always ask myself a series of questions, right? Because the que- in asking ourselves the questions, then we're going to get the answer of how we're going to pull the boundary together. So the first thing is, is what's the reason for setting the boundary? Right. It's just being super clear on is it to um, make sure you get paid for the work that you do? Is it to be able to um, make sure you're on time for your next appointments? Is it to have stronger relationships? You know, depending on what it is. And then asking yourself what's in the way? Why am I struggling? What is underneath? going over on time? Is it that I don't want to hurt their feelings? Do I feel like I'm not adding enough value if I keep things to a certain time, etc.? Then it's about um, asking yourself, in what ways will setting this boundary change the dynamic of the relationship or the dynamic of my relationship with work or my dynamic with my family at home, like what's gonna actually change if this boundary is put in place? Being able to ask yourself also, how do you know if the boundary is being crossed? So an example of that is you set a boundary, you're gonna have each call go only 30 minutes. Well, if you're at 33, the boundary's been crossed, right? If you're at 37, the boundary's been crossed. So being able so that you have clear answer to know, are you in check with the boundary or not in check with the boundary? And then the key thing also is what, if anything, do you need to communicate to other people about the boundary, right? So if it is something about scope creep, right? Addressing that in the beginning of the relationship. So we're on contract to do A, B, and C. Oftentimes people will later realize They want to add E, D, and F. So let's just talk about if that happens, how we're going to handle it now. Or being able to communicate, you know, I've realized that we've been going over time on our calls and I really want to respect time and I'm going to ask that we finish on time. Or, you know, I have a policy now that if you're 10 minutes late for X, Y, and Z, we're going to need to reschedule. So that people know what they're going to agree to, to make sure that that boundary can be met when there's other people involved. It's also then, what are you going to do if somebody else violates your boundary? And being able to communicate that as well to the person beforehand will help you stay clear and give you something to fall back on if it does get to that place where you have to have another conversation. And then the last question is, how are you going to stay committed to holding this boundary? (laughs) Because that's where the rub is. That's totally where the rub is, right? Because what we'll do is we'll say, oh, this one time, it's not that big of a deal. I'll just do it for him. Or we'll say to ourselves something like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. It's only five minutes. Yes. But Right. And so we rationalize it because we don't want to be uncomfortable keeping things in check. We don't want to be uncomfortable keeping things in check because when we keep it in check, it's going to be like, I'm going to have to say to this person something and then I'm going to have to handle whatever their reaction is. That's right. 
That's exactly right. Which keeps us- I might be uncomfortable with their reaction. That's right. And the unknown, what if they fire me? What if they don't want to work with me? What if they, you know, who knows? But that's exactly it. We get uncomfortable with keeping things in check because we're not sure what other people's reactions are going to be. So we'll do the suffering for them. Right, exactly. So we'll just be miserable so that they can be comfortable. Right, right, right. Let me forsake myself for the sake of your comfort. That's right. That's right. Oh my goodness. Uh, You have given me piles to think about. This has been so awesome. It has been such a treat to talk with you about this. Thank you so much for coming on the Epic Business Growth for CPAs podcast. Yes, it was definitely very fun. I had a good time. I always have fun with you. It had been a long time that I had known that boundaries were an issue that I've been wanting to talk about on this show because they crop up everywhere in my clients' businesses. And I was so glad when I realized that Jen would be the perfect person to bring on the episode to talk about them. There is so much that I loved about this conversation. And what I didn't know was just how much work I identified as still needing to do in this area. I don't know about you, but I found myself going, oh yeah, uh uh-huh, oh yeah, I do that. Uh, Oh yeah, and that too. Yep, that one too, as Jen was talking. And really what I loved most is that she showed us and reminded us that it in fact is safe to step into our best selves. And for me, it's not the scary purple monster that I have it set up to be. Of course, the questions underlying these challenges will no doubt prove to be incredibly valuable as I continue to coach my own clients in these areas. So share clients, if you're listening, you know what you're in for. Listeners, I would love to know your key takeaways. You can always email me at geraldine at shethinksbigcoaching.com. You can also leave me a voicemail directly from the homepage of my website. Just click the little orange send voicemail button. It's super, super simple. If you want to connect with Jen, you can find her at jen at kickstartyouredge.com. I'll link to Jen's website in the show notes, as well as the coaching questions she listed in the event you want to coach yourself. Last thing. While you're over at my website, be sure to download my ebook. It's six simple steps to double your revenue. And inside you will see the six most common changes that my clients have implemented that have resulted in a significant revenue growth in their business. All right, everyone, that's it from me. I will see you next week. Hi again. Would you rather spend your weekends outside playing or at your desk? In Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind, we put an end to overworking while maintaining revenue. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there.